my name is Eloise, and welcome to the Take Me to the World Musical Theater podcast, a podcast where I talk about musicals, because that's the name of the show. It's pretty easy to figure out. Today's episode will be a very random episode. So I've had this idea for a while, and after doing the Cabaret series, I had to kind of take a break. So instead of looking at a particular musical in depth or discussing like a particular topic in depth, this is just going to be some random musings about musical kind of related topics that don't really have enough substance for me to give them their own individual episode. I might do another one of these at some point if I think of other topics that I can discuss, but that's going to be kind of what I talk about today. So I'm not really going to be spoiling any shows because I'm not really going to be talking about any shows in depth. I might, you know, talk about shows as examples for some of these topics, but it's not going to be a spoiler kind of day. I always kind of tell you that listener discretion is advised because sometimes I swear, not always, and some of these musicals may deal with mature subject matter, so if you got kids, listen to this first before you let them listen to it, but I don't think we're going to be talking about any of that. I still might fucking swear because musicals are just the bomb.com. I am a musical theater enthusiast. I'm not an expert. This episode particularly is going to be a lot of my opinions, so, you know, take those with a grain of salt. And also take everything I say with a grain of salt, because chances are I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to musicals. I just really love them. For any shows that I do mention where possible, I will put them on my resource page for the podcast episodes I have. So if you go to my blog, takemetotheworld.com, there is a podcast category at the top of the page. It's kind of on the right side at the top. You can click that, you can find past episodes, so this will be episode 14. On that post page, there'll be links to where you can listen to the podcast, where you can subscribe to the podcast, so you can listen to all the past episodes if you wanted to as well. There's also going to be links to any shows I mentioned, so if it's possible to get tickets for the show, you know, if there's a movie version, cast recording, I'll link to that, and I'll have some general musical-related links as well. I will also say that I'm recording this in February of 2021, Coronavirus is still a thing right now. None of the theaters where I live are open. So a lot of uh, the topics or some of the topics might kind of be more theoretical right now than like this is actually possible to do. Maybe one day in the future or maybe you're listening to this and it's the future and things are kind of sort of back to normal and live theater is possible. But I I will say that like I understand that nobody's probably going to see live theater right now. Except, you know, maybe there's a few places where it's possible. But as as far as I understand, most theaters around the world have been closed. So please be safe and, you know, wear a face mask when you're outside. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. Stay home as much as possible. Stay six feet or two meters away from people. You know, socially distance as much as possible. And then hopefully sometime, maybe later this year, maybe next year, we can have the opportunity to go see live theater again. One of the first things I want to talk about is whether or not I like to spoil or listen to a show ahead of time before seeing it, and if so, when I would do that and why I would do that. To spoil a show for me, that means listening to the songs ahead of time, like a majority of the songs. You know, sometimes you might see the Tony performance or something, and that's fine. But like, you know, listening to a portion, good portion of the song so you understand kind of what the plot is of the characters reading the plot summary on Wikipedia, watching the movie version before seeing it live on stage. And again, this is, right now this is all hypothetical because we can't do anything or go anywhere. If I sound like I'm angry, I'm not. It's just the way of the world. When will I spoil a show and 
why would I do that? So for myself, spoiling a show, like it involves asking myself a couple questions. And those questions are, one, am I familiar with this show or with the work the show is based on? Two, am I likely to see the musical on stage in the future? Three, is the musical small or obscure or closed on Broadway and likely not to tour or come to where I live? If I'm already familiar with the show the work is based on, then I don't mind spoiling the show because I already kind of know what the show is about. Like a recent example, or semi-recent, because it's been like two years or a year and a half since I saw the show, uh, that I can give for this would be Waitress. The musical Waitress, and I reviewed this in a previous episode, uh, it's based on a movie of the same name and the movie I'd seen. So I didn't feel like, oh, I need to not listen to the songs from the show because I kind of knew what the show was going to be about. Now, this isn't to say that the musical is the exact same as the movie version. Like, I know there's been a Moulin Rouge adaptation, and I've seen the movie, but the musical could have different elements, there could be different songs, there could be new characters added. I know there was supposed to be a Mrs. Doubtfire the musical. I don't think it got to Broadway before the theaters closed, but again, it's a show that I've seen the movie, so if the cast recording comes out, I'm not going to feel like, oh, I have to not listen to this show because I want to be spoiler-free and not know what's going to happen. There could be new elements added in, but overall, you kind of know what the story is going to be about and the characters. Second of all is, am I likely to see this musical in the future? Which is really funny to ask myself right now because, uh, I don't know. I don't know the next time I'm going to get to go to a live theater. I, I got a subscription for the Broadway touring company that comes to Edmonton and other cities in Canada for 2020. And all those shows, of course, got postponed to possibly this year. So I might be seeing Hamilton in July, but I might not. If I know that I'm going to see the show, or if there's a high chance that I think I might get to see the show, and I'm not familiar with the work, then I'll try not to spoil it for myself. So last year I went to, uh, the last actually show I got to see live in the theater was Dear Evan Hansen. And I didn't spoil the show for myself for several reasons. First of all, Dear Evan Hansen has been a pretty popular show, and it won a bunch of Tonys, so I was like, okay, it's been fairly popular, there's uh, talks right now of a movie adaptation, so I was like, okay, chances are big shows tend to come eventually on tour. I'll probably get to see this show, so I'm not going to spoil it. I really did not spoil Dear Evan Hansen. I cannot tell you. The only thing I knew about Dear Evan Hansen was, ab was about a kid in high school named Evan Hansen, and like, I literally had no other clue about the show at all. I had some sort of theories about what it could be about, but it ended up not being at all what I thought it was going to be about, and I'm very glad that I didn't listen to the show ahead of time, because I think if I had, I, I just wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. And Dear Hansen, uh, it's one of those shows that I've seen, like, online on, like, Tumblr and, and different sites like that, that, like, a lot of young people have really gotten into and have really... It, it's kind of, like... I would equate it to, like, the rent of today. Like, back in the day, rent was very popular with young people, and it kind of became, you know, a show that sort of defined the generation. And I think things are different because of the internet, and shows are a lot more accessible than they are, so you don't necessarily have to just latch on to one show or anything like that. But I'm just saying that a lot of kids I've seen have really gotten into this show. So you can find, like, animatics of the, the songs on YouTube. You can find, like, Tumblr posts discussing this. You can find Dear Evan Hansen memes and stuff like that. And that's all cool, but I didn't want that to affect. I didn't want to 
see a bunch of Dear Evan Hansen memes and be like, oh, okay, I get what the show is about. Wanted to see it, you know, for the first time and for my own impressions. And I'm glad I got to do that. That doesn't necessarily happen with every show. And sometimes trying to decide what musical I might see in the future is hard because I live in a city where not every show that opens on Broadway is going to come here. And big shows might get a touring production. They might not. One show that I would like to see, and I've seen part of the movie, but the show's now closed on Broadway, and I don't know if it's going to tour. They might, you might be able to get the rights for it now and put it on as like a local theater company, but I would like to see Tootsie, but again, I don't know if I'm going to get to. So that brings me to the third point, and that's, is the musical small or obscure or closed on Broadway? And likely to not come to where I live. So there's small shows that I probably will never get to see, so if I listen to the soundtrack for them or read the plot summary on Wikipedia, I'm probably not going to lose out on much. Like, and I mean it wasn't a small show, and this doesn't necessarily mean like it, it flopped or anything, but a show that's closed that hasn't had a lot of touring productions might be a little bit harder to put on. Uh, a show like that that I would consider spoiling for myself and that I did swell for myself, uh, was the show Natasha the Pier Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. It's a show based on part of the novel of War and Peace. It first ran off Broadway. It's written music, lyrics, book, everything by Dave Malloy. And I listened to the show because I started I was this was shortly after I'd watched Hamilton and I spent several months kind of listening to Hamilton. And then I started seeing people say, hey, if you like Hamilton, you should check the show out. Now, the show isn't really at all musically or thematically like Hamilton, but it's a very unique kind of show. And the more I kind of learned about it, the more I was like, oh man, I wish I could go like back in time to 2017 when this was still on Broadway and go see this show. Because I guess the stage was set up, it takes place in Russia, it takes place, you know, because War and Peace. And the stage, I guess, was set up like a Russian supper club, and the actors played their own music. Uh, Rachel Chavkin, who did the set design and stuff for Hades Town on Broadway, she's the one who had worked on the show, on the set design for Natasha Pierre, The Great Comet of 1812, often just known as The Great Comet. And my understanding, I haven't seen Hades Town, but that is a show that I've listened to. But my understanding is the staging for Hades Town was really interesting and unique. And I think she's just a very uh, innovative kind of set designer for Broadway. And set design is something that I don't really know a ton about thought the idea of this show being like you know the great comet being like set up like a russian supper club and they're being dancing and the performers also playing instruments and kind of going out throughout the audience during the show and stuff like that was really unique there are other shows where the cast members will go into the audience and interact and that kind of stuff this isn't like this is the first time it's ever been done but i do sort of like interactive theater the Cabaret is another show that's sort of interactive as well. Like, the MC will kind of flirt with the members of the audience. Same with the other Kit Kat Club girls during some of the songs. Because it's supposed to be like, you're at a cabaret, you're supposed to feel like you're, you know, at this club. And I mean, I think same thing with The Great Comet. Great Comet's a different show than Cabaret. It's not really about performer at a Russian supper club or anything. It's literally part of War and Peace. And it sounds really strange because you would think, Taking some random 200-page excerpt from a 1,000-page book, how is that going to work? But it does. Like, they do a really good job 
when you listen to the show, and it is a sung through musical, so you can listen to the show, figure out the characters, figure out what's going on, and be like, I get what this musical is about. And they do a really good job in the music, making sure you understand what's going on. That was a show that I spoiled for myself, because it's closed on Broadway. There haven't been any tours, aside from a few, like, big cities. Sao Paulo, Brazil had a tour, or had a production of it. Think Seoul, South Korea had one, Tokyo, Japan might have. And there was talks about doing a West End London production, but I don't think that happened before Corona came in. Me listening to this show, as much as I would love to not spoil it for myself, I kind of know that, like, I might not get to see this show. And, you know, maybe in a few years, there'll be some local company in my area that puts it on. I mean, I would love if the Citadel was like, next year for our musical, we're going to put on The Great Comet of 1812 because I would definitely buy tickets, but they might not do it. And I don't even know if the rights are possible right now. You know, the rights that you would need to put on the show, because you can't just put on somebody's musical without paying for the rights and licensing. Yeah, that's kind of my idea about spoiling shows. Sometimes I will wait a really long time and not listen to a show. Like, I didn't spoil Hamilton before I saw it, and I talked about that in episode 5 when I discussed Hamilton. But I literally, like, the only thing I knew about the show beforehand was... It was about Alexander Hamilton, who's one of the founding fathers. I thought he was one of the presidents. He was not, spoiler alert, I guess. That's pretty much all I know. I'd heard one song that got performed at the Tony Awards, and that was it. So I came into that show with a completely blank slate, but I saw the show in 2018, and it had been on Broadway for, I think, you know, two and a half years at that point. I saw it in London, so I saw the West End production. But, you know, I waited a really long time because... Again, I knew that Hamilton was popular and I knew it was going to come to Edmonton or to where I lived at some point in my life. I just happened to luck out and was living in Dublin at the time and could easily fly to London for a weekend to see the show. And now it's coming to Edmonton and other countries or other cities in Canada. So I will get to see it again, but I lucked out and got to see it a couple of years ago. So that sort of things about spoiling shows. Now, this is just my opinion. Other people have completely different opinions about this. One podcast that I've started listening to, it's called Drinks in a Show. You can find it on Spotify. But basically, the podcast is this lady, I believe she's from Australia. She loves musicals. And she likes to find out about musicals by reading the plot summaries on Wikipedia. So in the podcast, she talks to a friend or somebody she knows about a musical. She kind of gives them, like, a summary of what the musical is about her friend or you know whoever she's talking to kind of decides whether or not they would be interested in seeing the show now this is like that's totally cool if that's your thing but I generally try not to read the plot summaries unless I decide that like I'm going to spoil a show but right now it's really hard for me to decide what kind of shows I would spoil because Broadway's been closed for a while there aren't any new musicals coming out it's all like I said it's all kind of theoretical but that's sort of like another way to take it and if you want another podcast about musicals to listen to that's another one I can uh, recommend you know obviously if you watch or listen to that podcast you're going to find out about the show so there are episodes of that show that I haven't listened to because I don't want to be spoiled because I know when I listen to the podcast episode I will be but then there's episodes that I did listen to like I listened to the next normal episode because I knew what next to normal is about because I've seen it before So another topic to talk about would be, um, do I listen to musicals all the time and do I get musical fatigue? And the answer is no, I do not listen to musicals all the time and I definitely get musical fatigue. So I tend to like listen to the same stuff a lot or at least I, I, I listen, I get really obsessed over 
certain shows or songs or albums for a long period of time. Now, this isn't just related to musicals, this is related to other things. So I kind of tend to go through two stages when it comes to listening to any music, including musicals. And the first stage is, you know, I find or come across a band or a song or an artist or, you know, a Broadway musical or whatever, and I get obsessed with their music. And I listen to the same song on repeat for hours. Now, if you want an example, my most played song in 2018 was the song Bad Idea from the musical Waitress. Because there was a couple weeks of my life where that was the only song I listened to. And that's not a joke. Sometimes I'll just listen to the same song on repeat for hours. And then there's stage two where I kind of get tired of that song or, you know, I just can't decide on one thing to listen to. And so I kind of float around trying to get into something. Like I might play songs from The Phantom of the Opera and then rent, and then I might try listening to something that's not Broadway, and I'll put on like Radiohead or Kate Bush, and I'll be like, no, I don't listen to that. I'm gonna listen to Hello Dolly, and then I'll be like, no, I'm gonna listen to like a rap group like Run the Jewels, and then I'm gonna listen to like Louis Armstrong, and then like I just kind of like hop all over the place. Especially right now, I am gonna say that like I really haven't been listening to a lot of musicals because on my blog I'm doing a project where I'm listening to music from 12 different uh, non-musical artists from September 2020 to August 2021. So I've been kind of deep diving into other music right now and not really listening to musicals. That's not to say I haven't listened to any musicals and the project that I'm doing it's not like a I can only listen to this one artist this month and if I don't I'll fail kind of thing. It's just more excuse for me to be like, oh, I've never really gotten into the discography of like Tori Amos, so I'm just gonna listen to a lot of her songs. I haven't really been listening to a lot of musicals, and so I find myself right now that like it's kind of hard for me to get into shows just because I'm not in that mindset. But every now and then I'll like flip on something Broadway, and I, I do have my It's a Broadway Bitch playlist, so sometimes I'll just shuffle and listen to a random song from there. But I think it's important not to get musical fatigue, which sounds funny because in the first part I'm like, I'm obsessively listening to the same song or album on repeat constantly, which I am, and then I get tired. And I should probably be like, I need to like take a break. But when you get a song stuck in your head, you, you just want to listen to that song over and over again. Yeah, sometimes I get musical fatigue. I don't think you have to only listen to musicals or only watch Broadway shows. Like, I'm, I'm not just watching Broadway movie adaptations on Netflix. In fact, I haven't, I actually haven't watched, one of the new musicals that came out kind of recently that got an adaptation uh, was The Prom, and I still haven't seen that on Netflix, so I, I want to watch it, but I just haven't been in the mood to watch it yet. Sometimes you just got to be in the right mood, and sometimes I, I tend to kind of gravitate towards what I want to listen to. Yeah, I don't always listen to musicals, although there are musicals that, like, I love that, like, if you said, okay, we're going to put on Hamilton or something, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. But I'm kind of not going to actively choose to listen to that myself right now. Now, tomorrow might be a totally different day. Tomorrow I might go, oh my god, I'm going to listen to this Broadway show 17 times in a row. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think it's important not to get musical fatigue and to kind of listen to different shows and stuff if, if you can. But again, that also brings us back to the first point that I had, which is whether or not you want to spoil the show for yourself. Finally, I'm going to end this podcast episode with a very random thought topic thing that doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it like makes me deliriously happy. And that is 
when somebody randomly yells out like a hey or a yeah or a woo or something like that during a dance break number in a cast recording. And the reason why this makes me happy is because most Broadway cast recordings off or off Broadway or London cast or whatever, but most musical recordings are not done live on stage, but are done in a recording studio. Now, there are exceptions for this, but for the most part, most musicals are recorded in the studio. So I often think it must be kind of strange and odd for the performers who are used to, you know, moving around and dancing on stage to not be able to do that least as much in the recording studio. So there's the music comes on, you know, there's a musical number and then they do a dance break number and the music plays and usually on stage you would see the performers jumping and dancing around but in the recording studio they can't really do that so they must just be standing still or you know maybe moving a little bit but you wouldn't really be able to do the choreography that you would do on stage and then also randomly while they're just kind of standing there or just moving slightly would be somebody being like yeah I don't know, it just makes me like deliriously happy to think of that and when it happens in shows, and it doesn't happen in every show, this isn't some hard fast rule, but it does happen sometimes and whenever it does it makes me like like really happy to hear. Like it it kind of breaks the fourth wall for me, but like in a good way. A great example of this is in the song Seize the Day from the um, original Broadway cast of Newsies. Uh, the song Balaga from Great Com of 1812 also does this. Like there are other examples too. It's one of those things that, like, I have a hard time explaining how happy I feel when I realize that, like, some performer is just randomly standing in this recording studio as they're playing back the music from the band or whatever, and it's just like, yeah! It just, I don't know, it just makes me really happy. That's a random weird thing that I like about musicals, I guess, sometimes? Anyways, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to subscribe to this podcast or listen to past episodes, uh, you can go to, to my podcast category at takemetotheworld.com. This podcast is available on several podcast websites, including podcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn. I will probably do another random episode like this again at some point in the future. So thanks very much for listening, and I hope everybody has a great day.